Hi, welcome to Anton Knows. This is episode 112, 112. Now, I know a lot of people have talked about Oppenheimer already and talking about how brilliant it is, and it is brilliant, but we'll talk about it here. I'm a little late, but that's all right. Everybody, thank you again for their downloads and for listening to this podcast. Uh, Oppenheimer is a great movie. Could this be Christopher Nolan's magnum opus, as they say? Could this be the movie that everybody talks about long after he is uh, gone? Could he get the Academy Award for Best Director, and could the cast be nominated for several Academy Awards? I think so. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, so we always start off as a quote. I always listen to when it, when they have the trailers and when they have that. There are always interesting quotes. So here we go. He says, so if we press that button, you mean it could end the world. The possibilities are near zero. What would you rather have? It's just theory. Zero. So this film is basically about uh, Jay Oppenheimer Killian Murphy played him in the movie. Now, you probably might recognize him for a lot of other films. He's worked with Christopher Lowen several, several times, but in the realm of popular culture, we know him as the Scarecrow. He's terrific as the Scarecrow in the Dark Knight trilogy, and he's one of the only other characters that actually appears in all three of that of that trilogy. Uh, he's, he's the main villain, one, one of the main villains in... Batman Begins, he's uh, a secondary villain in The Dark Knight, and he uh, is the one at the trial in The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, here he he gets this main role, and he runs with it. He's just really, really great. He even looks like uh, Oppenheimer. So, who is, who is Jay Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer is one of the fathers of the atomic bomb. All right. During World War II, they're a, a race against the Nazis. The Nazis had a not a nuclear bomb, but they had a missile that could possibly uh, destroy a major city in America. They were they were that poised. They didn't have the heavy water yet, but they were pretty darn close. So Oppenheimer said. We only have uh, so many months in order to uh, build a bomb, test it, and make sure it works. So uh, they were more or less theorizing. So, uh, so this general, and he uh, is played, let me look through my notes here, by Matt Damon. And he's brilliant, too, Matt Damon. Uh Lord uh, Leslie Glover, he was a uh, he was going to be a major general. This guy just didn't. His job was to get the job done, build the bomb, and test it, and make sure it, it's uh, ready to go. So uh, he tells Oppenheimer, "Let's recruit some scientists." So he he goes to this thing and says to him, "We're we're going to." Uh, find all these scientists and do that. So he finds all these different scientists and brings them to Los Alamos. Uh, Oppenheimer 
suggests that they go there. It's out in the middle of the desert. It's out in the middle of nowhere. I had no idea that he liked more or less being a cowboy. He was out in the middle of these uh, Arizona desert, and he would ride horses and do cowboy stuff. I actually went by there on uh, my trip to California with my aunt. My aunt didn't know that name, Los Alamos. So that's, that's where they tested the atomic bomb. So Trinity... That was the, uh, the place that they did this. Now, this is all told in flashback. Now, you would think they would get right to that and talk about this. It's right in the middle of a hearing. They're speaking to uh, him about this was during the 1950s, during the Red Scare. They were, uh, they were looking for communists anywhere. They thought that he had communist ties and they were either going to take away his security clearance so this investigation was more or less to destroy him. So while this is going on, he reflects on his days leading up to Los Alamos and leading up to the test, the detonation of the, atom- the first atomic bomb. So he uh, goes through all these different sides. They, they, there's one scientist that keeps saying, we should test a hydrogen bomb. And and. I, Oppenheimer's like, no, 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 it's too dangerous. What we have here is more than enough. So during this, we also discuss his personal life and a lot of other stuff about his life with his wife, who was a, who had communist ties, and she was a member of this party. And uh, she's very fresh, very arrogant, very pushy. He liked to run around with all kinds of other women, too, and had a mistress. And he was like this shy little guy who delighted his students and understood all these complicated theories. The other thing that's great about this movie is you go inside the mind of Oppenheimer. When I was writing this uh, for my sister's newspaper, I had to kind of like peel away and understand what that means. When you see the movie, you, you see he sees molecules. He visualizes what the explosion might be and so forth. And how it's um, the, the detonation would, would be. And, and uh, uh, towards the end of the movie... He's sitting in a uh, B-17 uh, bomber, and he visualizes what it would be like if atomic uh, missiles were added to missiles and, and launched all over the Earth. And you see the rim of the Earth melt, just like an escape from the Planet of the Apes. So it's really, really uh, terrifying. Okay, so while this hearing continues, we... They bring in the, this general. He talks about his. Would you clear him now? He says yes, absolutely, and so forth. So, we they uh, has his wife testify. They have all these other scientists testify, saying that he's a, a good person. Also, we get Robert Downey Jr.'s character, who was also based on, and he was the director of the Atomic Energy Commission. He's brand. Everybody's brand in this movie, and he basically. You see a little bit of the arrogance that Iron Man is, but you also just see this character. Robert Downey Jr. did ex- really, really uh, research on this guy and found out who he was and why he made him tick. As for the movie-going experience, my mother asked me, 
He would do this just to get on a commission, destroy this brilliant man like Oppenheimer just to get what he wanted. I go, a lot of people wanted to do that, Mom. That's what I told her. I said, a lot of people are just that ambitious and just don't care. So they lead up to the test. So the test goes off, the, and the general tells him, don't destroy the world. So everybody lays down, and... The explosion happens, and they have to look through these goggles. And he he does say the famous line. He says, a lot of people cheered. A lot of people cried. I was reminded of the mantra in Hindu, and it said, now I've become deaf, the destroyer of worlds. And uh, then there's like this pause, and my mom says, what's happening? It's a shockwave. And then this shockwave happens, and everything shakes and so forth. Then they go to uh, see it. Before they even did the test, it pours rain. It pours rain, it pours rain, it pours rain. Oppenheimer's like, it, it'll pass. If uh, Thunderstorms come through here all the time. They'll come and it'll rain, it'll rain, it'll rain. And then all of a sudden, as quickly as it came, it's gone. And he was absolutely right. So the test was successful. Now, they just shook everybody's hand, told everybody, thank you very much. They pack up. The two bombs that they had, Fat Man and Little Boy, load them onto a plane called the Enola Gay, which is now in the Smithsonian. And they take them and drop them on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They hear about it. They see the films of all the terrible carnage that had happened after the bomb explodes. They questioned on what they did and so forth afterwards. But if you know history... You know about what Russia was about to do and what we were about to do about the invasion of Japan. And uh, the Japanese emperor wisely uh, conceded to peace. It's something we should never do or have to do again. But we get the inner workings of what Oppenheimer wanted to do and what he wanted to do afterwards. So... Then we find out in the 50s about when what happened when they sold the nuke somebody sold nuclear secrets and stole them and and they detonated a bomb and they detonated a hydrogen bomb. So now the arms race is on and the Cold War really begins. So Robert Downey Jr.'s character is uh, trying to get on this committee and in the end he isn't put on the committee. JFK, a young senator, blocks him because he's, he respected Oppenheimer. The other thing that you find out is this. At the beginning of the movie, he talks to Einstein. And you don't hear what the two men say to one another uh, until uh, at the end of the movie. And they say to each other, well, their apologies, they'll give you, you know, a, a dinner They'll apologize to you, they'll shake you, they'll give you a medal, they'll give you a, a plaque, and they'll honor you, their apology. But it's not for, it's not for you, it's for them. And uh, he had to do that. They took away his security status, and he more or less faded away into obscurity. Uh, when he did meet uh, the president, Truman, and Truman's like, get that crybaby out of here. Because he said, I have blood on my hands, you know. And he was like, well, no, the blood's on mine. And uh, you wouldn't even, that's Gary Ullman as President Truman. You wouldn't even notice him. 
I, I, I said, wait, that was Gary Oldman? I said, yeah, it is. It's Gary Oldman who played Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movies, and he was in all these other really big films together. This movie is long. And with the trailers, oh, I could go on and on about what is wrong with the movies today about why do they give us so many trailers. Now, I I like trailers. I like to watch trailers just as much as I do. But I can watch them online. Just show us the movie. Show us two trailers and then the movie. That's more than enough. They do... They used to show three or four on a videotape back in the day or on a whole bunch of other material when you watch a DVD. Please, please, just show us the movie. That's all you got to do. Just show us one uh, thing. The movie was long enough as it was, but I was not bored for one minute. I was fascinated to know what happens at the beginning and what happens at the end. And just recently in, in recent news, they had a hearing about Oppenheimer, and they, were, they said that they cleared him of all charges. So go figure. We'll see at Oscar time what things will be brought up about this. Will we talk, uh, see, talk about this more as time goes on? What will get nominated, what won't get nominated, we'll see. But I hope so, because this was the movie of the, uh, of the summer. And as a friend of mine, John, said, normally they would take a subject like this that would be usually like a documentary, be very dull, very talky, very boring, and made it interesting and compelling and watchable. Okay? All right. So I say, if you haven't seen it, Go see it. Go see it now. At, even after you, before you listen to this podcast, you see my face on Facebook. Before you do do that, go see the movie and then listen to my podcast. Go. It's really, really, really uh, good. It's definitely worth your attention for all of the uh, summer with all these other things. Why was it such a hit? I'll tell you why. It's because it wasn't a sequel. It wasn't a prequel. It wasn't anything. Now, I like sequels and prequels just as much as the next guy, but if if it's not interesting and it's boring or it's something I can watch on the TV on demand at home, like the new Transformers movie looked great, but I, I said to myself, I could wait for that to come down on demand. Okay? We'll see you again on the next Anton Nose. <laughs>